Another Scrooge Sunday edition of the Advent Calendar House, the only holiday podcast rated five fooies on sneak peek previews. And it's also the only holiday podcast ordered by court mandate to cover something involving Muppets once a season. So join us as we sweep the clouds away back to 1978 for a very special discussion about a special Sesame Street Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Leslie Evans. You're looking at Sesame Street. And yes, it's the Christmas season. I am Dirty Sneaker repurposed as a tree ornament, Mike Westfall. And joining me is the happy Christmas Santa you love to hug. Please welcome back Alan Johnson. Hey, Alan. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been referred to as a happy Christmas Santa before. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Well, I'm glad uh, I was the first one. Perfect. <laughs> Honored. And the talking ghost of a tree with a magic eggnog container that now forms a wormhole into the past. It's Donnie Storms. Hi, Donnie. Hi, Mike. That's a lot of pressure. It's <laughs> not at all, really. I, I think these intros are my favorite part parts of these things. <laughs> all uh, right. Well, that's our show. Yes, <laughs> we can wrap it up. Watching the show, I'm like, I'm like, what's what what's uh, what's Mike going to call me this time? <laughs> yeah, definitely my favorite part. Thank you. <laughs> so first off, if you're listening to this and you're a little confused now, because wait, they already did a Sesame Street Christmas episode from 1978. You're right. I did. That was Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. And this is very, very much not that. Yeah, I, I have a bit of a, a bit of a bone to pick with uh, you asked me to be on this episode because I definitely thought <laughs> I we were ask. doing. You volunteered. Well, OK, because oh, you thought fair. it was the yeah, other right, one. Right. <laughs> I definitely thought it oh, was no. the one with like the grift of the Magi. Um, or gift <laughs> of the Magi, rather. Jeez, there's my Simpsons. Wrong podcast. Uh, ring. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen this one before, so I'm actually kind of glad that I because, uh, you know, how, how else will when else will I ever talk about this special ever again? So, Well, same, probably. But <laughs> Donnie, had you seen this before? Um, So I I want to say I think so, but I was probably super, super young. Uh, I don't I, there were parts of it I remembered. Uh, I could wow. in, in my mind's eye, I could remember uh, the scene with uh, Imogene Coca for some reason. I don't know why that one stuck out to me. Huh. And and I re- remember Leslie Uggams wearing the hat, uh, which, you know, obviously <laughs> we'll get to. I don't know why those two things in my brain were like, oh, yeah, you've seen this before. And the rest of it, I was like, I don't really remember this. So I must have watched it at some point or another in my very, very young formative years. Uh, because it obviously made an impression, uh, but mostly it was new to me. Oh, wow. Uh, well, the first time I had even heard about this was maybe 20 years ago. Uh, the website Tough Pigs wrote about it. Tough Pigs is a Muppet fan website that's been around since 2001. And it's got a sense of humor about itself. So I wasn't positive at the time that they weren't just making it up as a joke 
<laughs> it was entirely possible. But no, it was a real special. It even got a DVD release in 2012, uh-huh. uh, which I watched then and quickly understood why I had never seen it before. It's very, I hesitate to call it bad. I don't think it's bad. In fact, it was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program. You know well. what it lost to? <laughs> What did it lose to? Jethro Tull. <laughs> Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Oh. <laughs> oh, they didn't split the vote. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not bad. It's not good. It's just very odd. Yeah, and I, I think if we're uh, if if we're you know measuring quality by uh, Emmy nominations, we're uh, we're going down a slippery slope. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that. So, a lot of people have Emmys that, uh, you know, shouldn't have them anyway. I, I don't I agree. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's aggressively not for children. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is yep. the, the the talent that they have as guests and the way the talent is presented is presented so much as like we're adults doing stuff that's looks like we're doing it for kids, but it's actually for adults. So basically it's uh, the He-Man revelations, uh, the new Netflix series <laughs> of Sesame Street specials. Sure. <laughs> That's very accurate, actually. I Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, uh, I, I, agree, I agree with you, Donnie. It's it's very like, it, it felt very uh, Muppet show with the, with the yeah. guest selection. Yes. And again, it's hard to put myself in the mindset of a child in 1978, but it definitely feels to me like a 1978 child doesn't know who the Smothers Brothers are uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, Ethel Merman. I don't know, maybe Ethel Merman was popular with kids. But but to me, the, yeah, like maybe Michael Jackson, like he might have been the one that kids might have recognized at the time because he was he was, I think, starting to become a star. I don't remember his. Yeah, well, but, I mean, Jackson five. He was. Yeah, yeah no, he, he had was, a cartoon. So, yes, they. Yeah, he was yeah, definitely. Okay, right, known right. Him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he, he walks on and leaves. So we are getting so far ahead of ourselves. It's all right. I think the best way to explain what we're talking about is with the history of a special which aired not on public television, but on CBS on December 8th, 1978, at 8 o'clock on a Friday night during primetime. You know what show got bumped to make room for this? Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. They bumped Wonder Woman to make room for this. So, this is from the 2008 book Street Gang, The Complete History of Sesame Street. In 1978, the executive vice president of the Children's Television Workshop, Paul Furstenberg, signed a deal with Bob Banner, who was the producer for Perry Como and the Carol Burnett Show and Star Search and Solid Gold. So that explains a lot right there. And they made this deal while the other special was already in the works. He said, if we proceed with two shows, maybe one will make it to air. Wow. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the entertainment industry, but what? <laughs> They were hedging their bets. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe, maybe they were worried that the other one wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, 
catch on. And so they're like, let's make one that's so off the wall, so aggressively strange that they'll have to take the other one because by comparison, it's a classic. (laughs) The other one was on PBS. It shouldn't have even been a debate. It's public television, but. Learning that explained a lot because this feels like one of those Christmas variety specials, but it really feels more like several citizens of Sesame Street have become trapped in one of those Christmas variety specials (laughs) and are being forced to play along like WandaVision. (laughs) I will say I got very uh, Star Wars holiday special vibes from this. Yeah, that was 78. Something was in the water. Yeah. Was it the same year? It was the same year. Oh, my God. Wow. Because, like, the, the other thing about, like, <laughs> that I'm sure we'll talk about, too, is that, uh, so, again, I sat down to watch this, had never seen it before, and uh, I was like, all right, you know, I like the Muppets, I like, I loved Sesame Street as a kid, and, uh, you know, so it's like, all right, oh, there's Oscar the Grouch, so <laughs> that'll be fun, and then, oh, Big Bird's coming, wonder who else is coming, Barkley, oh, right, okay, yeah, I, I kind of remember the dog character that wasn't used very often. Well, I popped for Barkley. End of list for Barkley. End of Muppet list. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. There are three Muppets in this entire hour long special. I was like, where's the rest of the Muppets? (laughs) And then, uh, I mean, I read and I'm sure you'll get into this, Mike, but the basically the other special was using all of the other performers. So they couldn't. So Carol Spinney basically was the only one available. And then uh, whoever does Barkley, I guess, is some acrobat or whatever. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to him. Definitely. But uh. But I was just so I was so baffled that there's only three Muppets in this uh, Muppet special or Sesame Street special. Well, and only four regular uh, four regular human cast members, too. And we get a roll call of sorts as part of the opening credits by our very special guest star, Leslie Uggams, who was the first African-American woman to host her own TV variety show starting in 1969. She won a Tony for her role on Broadway in Hallelujah Baby in 1968. She was in Roots, but y'all probably know her best now as Blind Al from Deadpool. (laughs) I had no idea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I know her best from uh, a special Sesame Street Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I knew. Yeah, which when I, I just first watched. Saw this, I'm just like, up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. When I found out she was in Deadpool, I'm like, she was on that Sesame Street Christmas special with Michael <laughs> Jackson. Yep, that's her. Uh, she's our star for this special, and she introduces everyone. I'm gonna wait. Well, we already kind of listed most of them, but that's all right. Uh, but besides them, yeah, Leslie tells us those Sesame Street Muppets are also here. All three of them. <laughs> the others have escaped. And Oscar helps Leslie introduce this special the way only Oscar can. Hello, this is Oscar the Grouch speaking. I can't stand Christmas. I'm a 100% Grouch and proud of it. Oh, Oscar. Anyway, I do have orders to say. Welcome to a special Sesame Street Christmas. Is he being held at gunpoint behind the scenes? Like, Possibly. The <laughs> He was the one they caught. <laughs> well, I mean, he he didn't go anywhere. He was just hanging on his trash can. Yeah. And, what the hell? Where, where is everyone? <laughs> He's only so mobile. Yeah. <laughs> the only other familiar faces from the street we see in this are Bob, Maria, Mr. Hooper, and David. who are helping some kids decorate a Christmas tree outside next to the stoop of 123 Sesame Street and singing Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls with boughs of holly. Ha, la, 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 la. 
and Maria asks, you know what the nicest thing about this tree is? To which Oscar pops out and replies, yeah, in a couple of weeks, it'll be laying out in the street waiting to be picked up by the trash truck. Classic. What a curmudgeon. <laughs> so, so I've got to, I've got to interject here that uh, Oscar is my spirit animal. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so much so that uh, the last library where I worked, I, I'm a, I'm a children's librarian, right? And uh, the last library that I worked, um, one of my coworkers was really super good at knitting and crocheting and stuff. She actually crocheted me. Uh, a nice little stuffed Oscar and a trash can. He can oh, remove wow. from the trash. It's oh, really nice. That's cool. And so uh, I, I have a reputation as being a, a curmudgeon about things, not Christmas. <laughs> Oddly enough, Christmas is the one thing I'm not a curmudgeon about. <laughs> but uh, so I guess it should Oscar be, it I should have... be noted that Donnie is recording from a trash can right now. It's true. Um... I am. Is my sound bad? Or... <laughs> no, you sound fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Good, Cause I was going to say, no, I'm not, I'm not sure if we were just like finding a subtle way to tell me, Hey dude, you sound like garbage. <laughs> no, Literal garbage. <laughs> but no, no I'm um... not going to do an Ethel Merman line. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I have, a, I have a reputation I'm, uh, of, of being a curmudgeon about everything. That's not Christmas. So uh, I kind of feel I kind of feel Oscar in a lot of points during this uh, during this special. There we go. Yeah. Well, uh, well, the joke's on him because Maria reveals that after the holidays are over, they're going to replant the tree and use it again next Christmas. Not something you hear about very much. A live reusable Christmas tree. Got to go green, baby. There you go. It's not unheard (laughs) of. At least here they're keeping the tree outside. The trees I've seen during some quick Googling around that were reused year after year had to be trimmed at the top, and they just grew outward, so now they just look like big, wide Christmas hedges in these people's (laughs) houses. Yeah. But the others suggest to Oscar that if he tried participating in the festivities, he might enjoy them more. So Oscar seems to accept this invitation and goes to get something to hang on the tree, and it's a ratty old sneaker, which... I'm actually surprised managed to stay on the tree. Bravo, Mr. Hooper. <laughs> I, I love this moment where he's just like, yeah, I got something for you. Here's dirty old shoe, you losers. <laughs> just like, well, wow. OK, what did we expect? So, what did so, we expect from Oscar the Grinch? <laughs> so I have a, a marginally different perspective on this. Oh, <laughs> in that Oscar's literally his favorite thing is trash. He goes Mm -hmm. out of his way several times during the special to say, I love trash. Trash is my favorite thing. So by giving them a dirty sneaker, wasn't he technically giving them a piece of himself and therefore trying to participate in the Christmas of it all by saying, hey, here's something that's important to me. You guys are asking me to get involved. Here's a thing that I like. Put it on the tree. That's a very good point. It's very possible uh, the only counterpoint I'd say is like when they're like, yeah, this is great. And they put it on the tray. He's he seems mad about it. So unless he's doing a very good poker face where he's like, yes, I did it. They, <laughs> they put the chew on the tree. Just <laughs> <my plan. laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I agree that like it's I think I think Oscar the Grouch is often inconsistent in that way in a lot of these yeah. things where, yeah, like there's there's moments where it's like, yes, he loves trash. And there's other times where he's like, yeah, I have this trashy thing. Hey, it sucks. Like he knows that <laughs> other people hate trash. So, so he still tries to like prank him with it. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is the case where he's clearly trying to troll everyone and get a rise out of them. And 
Uh, it almost worked, but Mr. Hooper swoops in and says, yes, it's perfect. Here we go. <laughs> a dirty old jogging shoe, Oscar? Uh, Bob, 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 that's a very nice shoe. That's a oh, very yeah. nice oh, it's, oh, it's very nice. Because Mr. Hooper will not give Oscar the satisfaction, tells everyone right. we mustn't let Oscar bring down their spirits. He was the smartest guy in the show. <laughs> uh, a reminder that Mr. Hooper was Jewish, Bob wished him a happy Hanukkah and Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, and then Mr. Hooper spent his Hanukkah saving Bert and Ernie's Christmas when they pulled the old gift of the Magi. Love that. That's the first, I mean, I know we're not talking about that special, but that's the first okay. gift of the Magi I ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Uh like uh, storytelling wise. And, and so when I found out like, you know, years later that it's based on a real, you know, uh, story or parable or whatever from O Henry, I was like, I was like, Oh, that's the Sesame street thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I had basically the same experience. Uh, and that one is one of the few versions of the story where they end up getting back the things they traded. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah. So when I heard the real story, I'm like, wait, hold on. There's more. That's the end of the story. Yeah, any other time I've experienced a story, it, it usually ends in the, the negative way, right? And so I, I was always like, well, that's mean. Why, why don't they just give their presents back to each other? Yeah. Well, the wife is bald and the husband doesn't know what time it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and this Leslie Uggams is about to sing to us. It's the thought that counts. But Oh, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there. But first she has to come out with uh, the star that she made with with a kid mm. who's dressed like my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. It's a little girl in a bright red dress and rainbow striped sleeves and looks like my buddy, but a dress. <laughs> and, and the worst part of it is that when Leslie Uggams comes out, she's like, here's the star. And yes, she's got a star. But you can tell by her tone. She's like, all right, everybody. Here I am. Everyone tell me how great I am. I'm Leslie effing Uggams. It's me. <laughs> yeah, she really takes over this special. I know that's kind of the point, but um, I, I mean, the the intro where it's like, here's all the you know celebrities that are going to join. And then she's just like, nope, it's just me. Everyone else will show up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but no, she makes a grand entrance. Well, and to their point, the, the folks on Sesame Street all pitched in to get a gift for her that Big Bird brings back uh, mm. dragging on a that sled on the hates. sidewalk. <laughs> and they must have a mic on this sled because it's extra loud. Gone away is a blue bird. Here to stay is a new bird. We sing a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. <laughs> oh, also, Big Bird's singing um, uh, Winter Wonderland, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just I was a little disappointed at the, the missed opportunity to say to sing Gone Away is the new bird. Here to stay is the big bird. Hey, oh, why would you just say change right it there? <laughs> Maybe that's why they chose that line, but they could have made that extra step to do that. You're absolutely right. I, it would have got a chuckle out of me, and I would have been oh, like, yeah. Big Bird, and you're that clever. Is, that is a thing that a child would do, because isn't Big Bird supposed to represent, like, he's children? Yeah, he's supposed to be very young, yeah. He's supposed to be the avatar for children. Yeah, right, and, like a six-year-old, I think. Yeah, and yeah. so that's that's a thing that a child would do, is put their name in a song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Any chance I would get. Uh, the sled's for when it snows naturally. Big Bird's convinced it's going to snow any minute. But but the sled is also carrying the small present he bought for Leslie Uggams on behalf of everyone else who chipped in and sent Big Bird, who is essentially a child, out to pick out a present for them. Which he <laughs> wants to be a surprise, so he makes the others wait for Leslie. Mm. Mistake. 
No, yeah, and it and it's this <laughs> dorky little leather hat with the ear flaps uh-huh. that she turns around and just makes a face on. It looks like it, it looks like a hat that uh, one of Ralphie's gang from Christmas Story would wear. It does. <laughs> or uh, uh, William H Macy in Fargo. Yep. <laughs> It's a heck of a deal for this. Hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you betcha. Um, yeah, her face. She again talking about poker faces like she has the worst poker face when again, a child gives her a gift yes. and she's like, oh, this piece of shit. Immediately. Well, grownups, if you're so concerned about what to get Leslie Uggams, maybe don't send a child out to pick something. <laughs> You guys remember going to your school's holiday store, in air quotes, to go shopping for your entire family with five whole dollars? Oh, Santa's secret shop! Yeah. <laughs> yeah! Oh, I don't think we had that. Here's, here, Grandpa, here's a uh, a letter opener that looks like a duck. <laughs> literally <laughs> literally a thing I bought for my grandfather. I mean, listen, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I think that it sounds like a pretty was, good yeah. gift. <laughs> hey, Dad, here's a pencil holder with your initials. <laughs> that's the level of quality you're going to get from sending big bird shopping but mm-hmm. but hey it's the thought that counts yeah well it rightly upsets big bird and makes him think everyone trusted him and he failed and leslie's quick to reassure him big bird you didn't fail oh yeah then why'd you immediately take off the hat when the camera cut away from you <laughs> the hat's off when we come back <laughs> that's right she's like i'm not wearing this the whole special i hope you realize yeah. <laughs> like, well, Leslie, it's part of the story. Yeah, I don't care. I'll wear it once. <laughs> I, nope. I only care about a child's feelings so much. <laughs> <laughs> so they're so so they sing this whole song to attempt to make Big Bird feel better about the perfectly fine hat he picked out by singing about even dopier gifts they received for Christmas's past. I got a sweet niece Lily who comes from Butte. She sent me a handmade parachute. Might be handy. My rich friend. Except Mr. Hooper, Mr. Hooper's complaining about a tie that glows in the dark, and I'm like, I, I want a tie that glows in the dark. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Mr. Hooper's line, his verse about whatever he got from his, for, for, about the tie that he got from his nephew, Edgar. But his microphone doesn't pick up the beginning of that line, so all I hear is F you, Edgar. <laughs> and at first I thought he was shouting F you Big Bird and whoa there it's just a hat F you Edgar who lives on Central Park sent me a tie that glows the dark <laughs> but the rest of the song's entertaining for a Sesame Street song I, it at least has that classic feel of the sort of songs you'd hear on the show that aren't specifically about the alphabet or a specific number it's cute I mean, yeah, it's 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 a song. <laughs> it's just a funny song to me because it's it's literally them being like, yeah, this one time this like this uh, relative or like friend of mine got me this really shitty gift. <laughs> like that's basically <laughs> what they're singing about. But they're like, but it's okay because it, you know it's a thought that gets. It's like, well, you don't have to put it that way. <laughs> to be like, yeah, remember that garbage my friend gave me? Well, they were they still gave me a gift, so it's nice. Yeah. And the thing is, is they immediately negate it. Right. Because 
right after it is when Oscar pops up and he's got the broken TV that he got from his uncle Louie. And he's like, it was broken in shipping. I love broken stuff. And they're all like, you freaking idiot. It's a piece <laughs> of trash. What's wrong with you? It's like, you just sang a song about how he's the thought that counts. And now you're telling him he's dumb for liking something broken. He just said he liked it. Like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, they really, they really don't give Oscar any leg, any leg no. to stand on. They're so mean to him in this. <laughs> They're awful to him. Oh, the, the whole time. I actually, I messaged Mike, like, I think it was like Saturday night. And I was like, did you pick me for doing this? Because it's easy to get me riled up. And he was like, no, I swear. I was like, well, let me tell you, I've got some thoughts about the humans in this thing. Everybody that's not a Muppet and not an adorable cat is an a-hole. Like, Absolutely. It's true. Oh. At least Big Bird uh, was right about the snow. It starts snowing in the middle of the song, so at least he he got the weather correct. But he did. Or, yeah. <laughs> but after the snow, after the snow, after the song, we cut to commercial and return to find everybody annoyingly staring at an off-screen plow that's dumped a pile of more snow off the street and right in front of their stoop. And that is exactly why I don't miss snow. <laughs> I'm spo- supposed to get snow soon here in uh, here in Canada. So. Oh dear. Oh, yep. <laughs> I live in Maryland and we don't get snow ever anymore. And I'm so jealous. I love snow. <laughs> See, well, there we go. We got the, the two, we got the two sides of the coin. My, it. It, it's good riddance to snow. Donnie's like, please give me snow. And I'm like, I have to, it's, I have no choice. <laughs> My memories of snow as an adult where I used to work in a news radio station that would announce school closings and I would have to go mm. in at two in the morning during a blizzard and take the phone calls for the school districts. And when I would come back to my car in the train station parking lot around 11 o'clock in the morning to find the whole lot had been plowed and a mound of snow taller than Big Bird encasing my car. So I'd have to dig it out. And one time it took me 45 minutes just to be able to drive away safely. So, yeah, done with snow. And and in my defense, I work for I've always worked for a place that's like, oh, it's snowing out. Well, we'll stay home, drink some cocoa, watch, clean out some things on your DVR. If I had that experience, I would probably be like, yeah, no more snow, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice to live in Florida while it's still above sea level. And who's the who's the jerk who's driving the snowplow through Sesame Street and just is like, hey, like giving the middle finger to these Muppets. Like, like what the hell, man? <laughs> you think there'd be like a kindly snowplow person like, oh, hello there. Here I am plowing the snow. Don't worry. I'll clean your sidewalks right after. Apparently he's an Adam Sandler character. <laughs> because of all the cars that pass by Sesame Street. Every once in a while you see a bus, but not a lot of traffic going that way. That's true. Also, theoretically, how is it snowing on Sesame Street? Because sunny days are chasing the clouds away. So really. Unless it's contractually obligated to be Christmas. And then it was in Leslie Uggam's (laughs) rider. (laughs) I demand there be snow. All right, guys. Christmas without snow? Never. How dare you? Well, the, the gang enlists the help of Barkley the dog to dig out their stoop. And dig he does, kicking some snow in Oscar's face in the process. Berkeley's cool. I actually did wonder because, uh, you know, as a kid, I never thought about puppeteering, but right. now I do. And yeah. so I actually wondered, I was like, is it a two person? Like, you know, those those horse costumes? I thought that like, too. I thought it was yeah, two I was people. That. Yeah. But then I looked it up and yeah, it's apparently one performer and he's on stilts. 
Like he's got stilts oh, cool. on his hands, uh, mm-hmm. or sorry, his hands and his feet, I believe. So he's a bit taller. And then to move the mouth, there's like a switch by the by the front uh, stilt hand that he uses, and it has to like so he has to like move his head and hit the switch to get the mouth to open or something. That, um, yeah, I didn't look further than that. Like I'm sure there's schematics drawn up somewhere, but oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but it was it. I don't know. I was like, that's cool. It looks very involved. Uh, the performer is yeah. Toby Towson, who is a former national gymnastics champion and Olympic coach. Makes sense. So walking around on all fours is. In a heavy, furry Muppet outfit probably wasn't difficult for him, but... Well, while everyone's helping Shovel, Leslie encourages them to think warm thoughts, and that's Oscar's cue to bring out a tray of mugs, and everyone just goes ahead and assumes there's hot cocoa in there. But nope, it's ice-cold lemonade. Ha, <laughs> pranked him again. Gotcha. <laughs> He's a prankster. Which I like. That was very thoughtful, Oscar. Yes! Yeah, it's actually, I'd be, you know what, even if it's cold out, if, if someone's like, here's a nice ice cold glass of lemonade, I'd still be like, you know what, still refreshing. Yeah, and he says, lemonade makes me forget about Christmas stuff and snow. So it's like, yeah, I'm not happy either. I'm going to share this thing that helps me with the rest of you. And they're all like, ah, we don't care, you jerk. You must celebrate exactly how we do or you're wrong and we hate you. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's just coping mechanism. Maybe he's thinking, well, you know how some people will drink hot tea in the summer because the sweat cools them down? Maybe by that logic, the cold lemonade will warm you up by making you shiver. (laughs) (laughs) Try that at your own risk, friends, but but don't, like, get a cold beverage to treat hypothermia or anything, please. Well, the others leave, but Leslie decides to have a little chat with Oscar to try and convince him to stop fighting the Christmas spirit. But listen, y'all. I obviously enjoy Christmas enough to make the whole podcast about it, but I don't agree <laughs> at all with goading anyone to get on my level about it or anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, this whole special is basically them like gaslighting Oscar into loving Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Like their whole plan that we'll get to is like with the Christmas ghost oh, Dickens thing is yeah. like it's it's gas. You're gaslighting your friend. Yeah, pretty Stop much it. I mean, he's basically just said, I don't like this. This doesn't make me happy. And instead of being like, we respect you, Oscar. What do you like so that we can do that for you instead? Because we want you to be happy. They're like, no, you jerk celebrating exactly <laughs> how we do. We hate you. It's 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 upsetting. And I don't like, let like me it. tell you. Let me tell you through song why you're wrong. Yeah. Like- yes. <laughs> now that you mention it, I do have a storybook that one of my kids got, uh, and it's Elmo who listens to Oscar. What do you like? What are the things you like? And he makes a little Christmas package for them, and he gets his friends to help him. And it's delightful. There you go. That's lovely. Now, let's pretend ghosts are here. Yeah. <laughs> but first, Leslie tries let's singing. Let's scare him. <laughs> First, she sings this song. It's a back-and-forth song with Oscar. Country roads with tractor plows. I see with shivering cows city sidewalks big christmas rush lady stocking splattered with slush it's like public domain parody of my favorite things right <laughs> that's yeah that's a vibe i got too yeah. she yeah. uh she she'll sing things that she loves about christmas oscar shoots back with things people tend to not love about it for example <laughs> He answers Leslie's time for Santa's on every street with time when landlords turn down the heat. Mm. Perhaps a perhaps a, a foreshadowing to him up at Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah, there it is. Ooh. <laughs> 
and they and were right at the same time. So somebody somewhere was really mad at their landlord. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this guy so much. I'm going to body him in two Christmas episodes. <laughs> <laughs> And Oscar appears to get the better of Leslie, which I think means he won that rap duel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maria finds her in a bad mood and stops to cheer her up with the help of a cute little stray cat she rescued and bandaged up his injured leg. And Leslie and Maria both try to think of a name for the cat and both shout in unison, Tiny Tim! Why don't we call him a uh, Tiny Tim? <laughs> I can't believe it. We came up with the same name. Weird. In the least convincing in unison <laughs> shout I have ever seen. It's almost like uh, what, uh, what, are the, what are the Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig on uh, SNL? What are the Kath and something where they, they sing a song, but they... They don't know the lyrics and they're trying to, um, <laughs> right. to sing it together. Yeah. You know, this, they did it so many times, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things like uh, Tiny t- tiny Tim. Yeah, I was going to say Tiny yeah. Tim too. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I can't believe we thought the same thing because <laughs> it's in the script. Yeah. <laughs> Maria then asks Oscar if he has any spare discarded food for the cat. But Oscar recognizes Tiny Tim as a cat who broke into his trash can before and refuses. Uh, break, breaking and entering, I think. Didn't he, uh, didn't he use like that? Yeah, term? yeah, he, he was very legalese about it, which, okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's the cat that on the evening of November 19th did willfully break an my can. And also their, their first step in killing their own continuity. Oh. Because uh, Oscar's like, yeah, he, he snuck into my house and stole the fish with uh, chocolate sauce that I was going to eat. Oh. And then like 20 minutes later, he's like, they offer him You're fish. Right. He's like, I hate fish. I've never <laughs> liked fish. Why did you have it in your house, Oscar? <laughs> I've seen him comb his fur with like a fish bone before. Of course. Yeah. Yes. It's a classic trash thing. Fish bones. Uh, and he also claims that all he has is Christmas trash, which he shows us in his own short rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas. On the sixth day of Christmas, the neighbors toss in here six turkey bones, five broken toys, four pounds of wrapping, three shattered ornaments, two eggnog cartons, and some stale popcorn on a long string. And all of that prompts Leslie to compare Oscar to another famous Christmas grouch. And that gives her the plan involving all the trash he just dumped out of his can. And we're going to go through a Christmas carol now. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Very (laughs) loosely. Very lazy Christmas carol. (laughs) Sorry to burst your bubble, (laughs) y'all. We find her next in Hooper's store where she's using the trash to decorate a costume of the ghost of Christmas past, which we don't see right away. Mm. Gotta save uh, that for the big reveal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but one line of Leslie's dialogue in the version I watched while she's talking to Big Bird about how fun it'll be to dress up was clearly and hilariously added later in post. Did you catch that? I don't think so. I didn't know. There's one line like it just doesn't have the same natural echo of the room. Big Bird. Now I read you the Dickens story. Now if it works on a famous grouch like that, it's certainly going to work on a grouch like Oscar. Besides, it'll be fun dressing up as a ghost of Christmas past. Okay, do you have any volunteers? And you do, it's not like its you see her lips moving and the sound's different. Like, they use that line during a shot of Big Bird, 
kind of looking down at that. I'm just, what happened there? What was the original line? <laughs> so something very innocuous and positive. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe they add yeah. like something that <laughs> ah, we need to get rid of that. Yeah. Ah. But in any case, no one else there wants to wear the costume until who should walk in the door but our next guest, Anne Murray. Leslie, I'm so glad I found you. I think I have the perfect gift for your niece. Yay. Do either of you have any history of knowing Anne Murray? Of course, she's Canadian. <laughs> it's legally required for me to know her. <laughs> yeah. She showed up without the uh, the hockey hullabaloo oh, from the South Park song. <laughs> yeah, she's a national treasure up there. My mom loves Anne Murray. <laughs> I had an LP record as a very tiny kid that was called Anne Murray Sings for the Sesame Street Generation, which had nothing to do with wow. Sesame Street aside <laughs> from the title. Oh, that's some marketing. That's some great it's marketing, marketing right there. genius because <laughs> it was a it was an American re-release of a Canadian album for kids called There's a Hippo in My Tub. That's the one. That's the one I know. Sure. Yeah. Listen to that a lot as a kid. OK, which is not a name of the song on the album at all. There's no <laughs> hippo or any tub talked about on this record. It doesn't seem to be resolved anywhere in the album, but well, I don't know. Wait. <laughs> They, they don't I OK, either I either it's one of those uh, Mandela things, but I remember there being a song oh, no. called There's a Hippo in My Tub. But may, maybe it's not on the album, not on my copy. Maybe it was in the original. Maybe they decided, well, we're not going to call it that. Let's get rid of the song. We don't need it. <laughs> it was one of those things where it was a country uh, country specific. Exclusive. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> they released albums in Japan that had special tracks. It's a very strange choice. <laughs> They're like, listen, no, no other country can understand the nuances of a hippo in a tub. <laughs> so it's only for us Canucks. All right. Uh, throw the Sesame Street logo on there for no reason. Yeah, well, and it worked. My mom bought it and I listened to it a lot. <laughs> but Anne Murray's here and Leslie says she's just the person they need to cheer up Oscar. And she replies, you mean that nice guy who lives in the trash can up the street? Yeah, she gets it for now. <laughs> Here, Anne ran into Oscar earlier, noticed he was down in the dumps, and sang him a song to boost his spirits. And Big Bird, out of nowhere, immediately <laughs> responds, Wait, that's not fair. I want you to sing me a song now. <laughs> this isn't about you, Big Bird. Presumptuous little Big Bird. <laughs> that's really rude, man. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely rude. Yeah. But again, it's what a child would do. I mean... But Anne's happy to sing Big Bird, her number one single from that year, You Needed Me. I cried a tear, you wiped it dry. I was confused, you cleared my mind. Uh, which was from her album Let's Keep It That Way and won her a Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Song of the Year at the Academy of Country Music Awards. Nice. And if you're familiar with the song, this scene is just Anne Murray lip syncing over the studio recording of that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> bad. So like, and that was the first thing I noticed is every other track appears to be the, yes. the person singing. And this is just Anne Murray showing up and moving her lips and collecting right? a paycheck and getting out. This was the thing that reminded me of uh, the holiday special. Uh, it was like very Princess Leia uh, not wanting to be there. 
it's also the exact moment when I can feel the children in 1978 going, enough of this, I'm done. Because what child is going to sit through the three and a half minutes of Anne freaking Murray just just wailing this song? It's, it's a perfectly fine song. Well, that's a, it's a good song. But no child wants to watch this. It's the whole song, too. They didn't abbreviate it. Yeah, I like the song, but it's not it's not a, it's a like great song. it's not a theatrical song, right? Like it's not a song no. that you want oh. to watch someone sing. He <laughs> <laughs> just sits as a 39-year-old male, I'm like, yeah, this is a good song. I can appreciate this. Oh, yeah. If I was a seven-year-old child, I would be like, WTF mom, where are the Muppets? This Where's is Grover? <laughs> Where's Super Grover? Please, Anne, Anne Murray is near. Make her be far. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, but, but in exchange for whatever song that she sang to Oscar, which may or may not have been three and a half minutes long, Oscar gave Anne this little plastic pull-string Santa Claus doll that says, I'm the happy Christmas Santa you love to hug. <laughs> in what is clearly Oscar's own voice. I'm the happy Christmas Santa you love to hug which is weird, until Bob has Anne pull the string a second time and Santa shouts, Booey and baloney and bah <laughs> Once again, master of pranks. Like, That's a great just gotta line. give it up to Oscar for all the pranks in this show. Imagine Jim Halpert, buddy, was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hot take, Oscar the Grouch, better person than Jim Halpert. So. <laughs> well... Uh, <laughs> Maybe not that hot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a hot date. <laughs> well, it depends on what you know, what uh, Oscar or Oscar, what office fans you talk to. But I guess yeah. people love Jim Halpert. I don't. They understand do. It anyway. They do. I I love The Office. Uh, I went to school in Scranton, so my wife and I like we have a special connection with. That was one of the first shows we binge watched together. Mm-hmm. So that and Futurama. That's oh, I think it's a. I, I love the show. Well, yeah, most of the show. But yeah, I just I don't like most of the characters. I think they're all horrible people. No, yeah, no. The show's better <laughs> when you realize that everyone is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about uh, a Benny Hanna Christmas here. No, we're Have not. Have you done that yet? <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> it's coming. You got, yeah, you got like five or six, at least maybe <laughs> oh, nine. So many. Maybe you did one every year. A uh, Christmas episode every year. Close to it. Maybe not. It, at least maybe not the first one. Yeah. Right. But. Anyway, I don't know how you hack a pull string doll, but now I want to do that. <laughs> well, you, you tear it open. You rip out the voice box. <laughs> you, you assemble your own voice box. You stick, stick it back in. It's a whole process. I'll teach you. <laughs> and, and you got to wonder, did Oscar do this? Specific, like, had he been sitting on this prank for the, to find the, the perfect victim? He, he goes down into his box of pranks, <laughs> his, his carrot top esque <laughs> box of pranks. And he's like, what do I give to this lady? Oh, oh, pull string Santa. Santa. This is the perfect okay. time for it. I'm glad I've held on to it. Made this in February and forgot about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. You can take my face to Sesame Place. Hello, everyone. You can try new things. Have some fun. You can try to bounce. Try to fly. But try to reach just high at the sky. You can take my face to Sesame Place. I'm climbing higher than before. You can have a ball. Now at McDonald's, you can get a Happy Pail Happy Meal with a coupon good for a dollar discount at Sesame Place and a free beach ball with ticket purchase at Sesame Place. 
So now Anne agrees to be the ghost of Christmas past for Leslie's plan. And we find Oscar enjoying an expired cup of spinach yogurt, which mm. gross. <laughs> that sounds fine. <laughs> uh, Leslie, Bob, David and Maria all hide around the corner from the trash can and make a spooky ghost sound <laughs> to surprise him. Most of them, most of them do that. If you go back and watch David's interpretation of ghost is blah, blah. <laughs> I forgot. About he thinks they're vampires. Yeah, he thinks they're vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of like a like what I associate with Slimer in the Ghostbusters movie, like that sort sure. of. Yeah. <laughs> sure, David. It's uh, like I, know, I didn't catch it until the second. It's the second time I watched. Thank I watched you for it reminding me. Time. And I see everyone going, "Ooh!" And here's David. <laughs> That's not a ghost, dude. But whatever. It's a ghost, just a different ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but out comes Anne Murray in a top hat and a green felt Christmas tree costume, decorated with Oscar's trash. Oh boy! You know, like the ghost of Christmas past wears. Mm-hmm. The very same. Gives Oscar a magic eggnog container to look back mm. into his own past and see the wonders of a Christmas when you were young. And here comes the gaslighting. Yep. <laughs> this is a magic eggnog container. You look into it and you'll see the wonders of a Christmas when you were young. Well, who am I to argue with a ghost? How did he not recognize her? <laughs> she just sang a song for him. He just gave her garbage. How does he not remember this lady? Well, she's wearing she's a got hat that now. Yeah, she's got that hat on. Oh, she's got a hat now. Okay. <laughs> it's Superman rules. <laughs> and through the eggnog container, we see Leslie pushing a trash can in the shopping cart that's supposed to look like Oscar in a stroller being a happy little baby during a song called Look at How Fast We Forget. You were a happy type we couldn't help but like. You were what Christmas should be. Try to remember when everyone was your friend. You filled the whole world with glee. <laughs> Which, it's like some kind of weird Rodgers and Hammerstein type song that does not belong here, but is written for this special. Oh, wow. I, I hate this freaking song. Like, I, as somebody who, who does music and, and writes lyrics, uh, there's, there's... It's not forced rhyme. It's like saying, saying phrases in a way to get a rhyme that that you would never say like talking like you would never talk and when she says you filled the whole world with glee that's not people don't <laughs> talk like that like that is not a way like when people think like oh that person's great you don't think they're great they fill me with glee like you don't say that so like that one line was enough to make me just roll my eyes and then the rest of it is just schmaltzy junk uh, yeah, not a fan of this song at all. It's a weird scene, too. I appreciate that everyone's dressed in old-timey Roaring Twenties outfits. Roaring 1920s outfits, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. the production value on their uh, their little trick on their friend yeah. is pretty elaborate. Because <laughs> also, doesn't it, doesn't it remind me, but doesn't he say, like, hey, wait, that wasn't true at all? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, so this like, doesn't yes. fool Oscar because he was born and raised a grouch by yeah. his grouch parents who come from a long line of grouch ancestry. So exactly. That's right. Yeah. And so it's like, what a horrible trick. Lots of production value. No research. 
or they're because tr- that's they're literally trying to erase, like recreate his past. Yeah, they're like, no, you you were actually really nice before. And he's like, no, I wasn't. Get out of here. <laughs> that never happened. You were what <laughs> Christmas should be. Oh dear. <laughs> I've never seen a French child and thought, you know what? This baby, that's exactly what Christmas should be. <laughs> Young and incapable of taking care of itself. I- there you go. Well, um, also, I want I, one thing I noted is I think it's this part where Anne Murray first appears as the ghost of Christmas past. And uh, and Oscar says, who am I to argue with a ghost like that? Like that's the that's all the reason he needs. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, wait a minute. Is that like a, a common thing? It's like, well, you don't argue with ghosts. That's one thing we all learn as children. <laughs> Never I argue don't. With ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really liked uh, King Oscar the Irritable. Uh, yes. His, his ancestor. I, I love that. Uh, that title is great. Yeah, he's named after a king. He's named after royalty. <laughs> And he does tell Anne that he appreciated the music and danceography is the word he used. Uh, So admittedly, she did stir up good memories for him and he wants to join in with his own music. So Oscar pulls out an electric guitar (laughs) from his can and badly sings Yakety Yak. Hell yeah. Bring in the papers and the trash. Boy, you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrub that kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak, don't talk back. But he shreds. He does. <laughs> he 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 wails on the guitar like he's awesome, and everyone hates it. <laughs> like, what is wrong with these people? They just they just sang a song that was like sub brought off 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 Broadway quality. <laughs> And this this grouch who barely has fingers is shredding on a, a nice 1960s Chuck Berry-esque yakety yak. And they're like, shut up, grouch. You suck. <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> all making these faces. Why aren't you singing Christmas songs, you jerk? Yeah. Bob's making the sour face like, wait a minute. This sounds like rock and or roll. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's when Oscar's like. You guys just aren't ready for this yet. Happy back to the show. <laughs> your kids are gonna love it. That's what um, your kids are gonna love this. <laughs> um, also, I, I this this when this song came up, it made me think because they, there's a lot of songs in this special. Yeah, it's only forty like forty five minute esque uh, special, mm. right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of the like uh, copyright ones are very short. Is that because like, do you know, is that because if they did more, they'd have to pay royalties? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Cause, Cause that's what it seemed like. Cause he only, yeah, he sings like one verse of yakety yak. Um, and they're just like, shut up. Oscar. <laughs> well, I, and then I, the I, guitar yeah, explodes cause he's shredding right. too hard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> also like back to the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I wonder if there's, and again, I'm not an expert on, you know, recording law in the 1970s, <laughs> but it's possible that this would have qualified with, uh, under parody because right. he's thinking about taking the trash into the house rather than taking oh, it. Oh, that's right, true. Right, right. So yeah. I, I, maybe that's how they got by and they're like, let's not push it. Let's just do a verse. Right. Or maybe they were just like, we've got so many other full songs. We've already, you know, we're, we've already sung the entire Anne Murray song. We've got a way too long version of uh, Tomorrow coming up here in a minute. Oh, my God. So maybe let's just do one verse and then get out. Yeah. 
I'm going to say no to the parody thought, but I'm going to put a pin in that for now because okay. it's going to come up later. Yeah. But okay. First, we come back from commercial to Oscar up early the next morning to read the Grouch newspaper while we see Leslie staring at him from an upstairs window above Hooper's store and singing, Look at that face. Look at that face. Just look at it. Look at that fabulous face of yours. I knew first look. I took at it. This was the face that the world adores. Weird. Why? Really weird. Why? That's a song that they got. No, and they sing that whole song. It's from a 1965 musical called The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. Oh, what? <laughs> it was written by... Hold on. Yeah. That's the whole title? Yeah. It was too long. We should turn that. It was written by Leslie Bercusi and Anthony Lully, who also wrote the music for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the oh, theme wow. from Goldfinger. Ah, well, good for them. They got they got some good stuff, I guess. Whose apartment is that? I think it might be Bob's. <laughs> but we usually see him with his head out of the other window on the side looking over the courtyard. I don't remember. Is, it is, she, just cra- a- is she crashing on Bob's couch? Is that what's happening? Could be. Linda's on the other special, so the couch is free. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I just I love the, the like idea that there's this whole like grouch underbelly like society. There's the grouch news. There's c- clearly some kind of monarchy with King, yes. King yeah. Oscar the Irritable. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn more about the grouch like society. That sounds great. Well, there's a there's a whole movie, isn't there? Uh, like, the oh, yeah, Adventures of Elmo right. and Grouchland. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, I never saw that because that was much later than yeah. when I was a child. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I I aged out before Elmo was. a Yeah, I want to say that was ninety nine. I yeah. think <laughs> that was very late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll watch it and I'll f- discover all the wonderful go. things about uh, Grouchland, and I'll probably be very disappointed. <laughs> worth one watch. Yeah, maybe Head Cannon is for the best here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My grouch head cannon. There you go. <laughs> well, we'll start a subreddit. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, Oscar then takes a morning stroll, but here's an angle of Oscar walking that I've never seen before. Usually when Oscar gets to walk around, you just see his legs and his head's inside the trash can. Here, his head's sticking out and you don't see his legs. What's happening here? <laughs> Maybe this isn't canon, this whole special. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's all Trash a dream. canon. Oh. Ah. Ah. <laughs> we don't get to find out because we get another ooh from ooh, the group. Blah, blah. And, <laughs> and here comes the ghost of Christmas present portrayed by Imogene Coca. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. The here and now, the right this very minute. Who? Really? I thought it was Flavel Flav. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, the God. clocks. <laughs> uh, she's best known from Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows, but better sure. known to me as Ellen Griswold's Aunt Edna in National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, she's dressed <laughs> up in a red Santa Claus coat and hat and clock design on it, and also two shopping bags filled with giant ticking alarm clocks. And after a short fight over whose clock is a minute off. No, 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 no. Your clock is a minute off. No, yours. Yours! 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 <laughs> so weird. The ghost of Christmas Preston informs Oscar he is now completely invisible to everyone else on Sesame Street. 
and the street fills with people joyfully wishing each other Merry Christmas and singing a song called Christmas Morning. Christmas morning's finally here. We've counted the hours, we've watched it draw near. Christmas morning's finally here. Let's stop and savor the moment. <laughs> so Maria and Leslie and Bob and David are all singing from a song sheet. Did they stay up all night and write <laughs> and prepare a song nope. and get the whole neighborhood involved just to get Oscar to not be so crabby? Is all of that work really worth it? And and also, there's a verse in there about how happy they are that Oscar's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're trying to change his mind, and you're like, we're so glad that guy is gone. Like, why would I want to come back to these people? Yeah, that's so mean. <laughs> well, that is very Scrooge-esque if you think about the whole future angle. That's the thing. It's like, they've yeah. got elements of A Christmas Carol in here, but they're so minute that it's like when something like that happens that I did clock as like a classic, like, you know, oh, who, 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 Scrooge sucks. We all hate him. Ha ha ha. And then he's like, oh, no, my friends hate me. Even, you know, like you should realize that Scrooge. But <laughs> but in this, it it rings. It rings more like Donnie saying where it's like it's like it just seems mean. It just seems yeah. like not a good tactic in this case. Yeah. And I think the difference here is that with Scrooge. Scrooge was actively mean to people. Scrooge went out of yeah. his way to be a jerk. He was making Bob work on Christmas Eve. He didn't care about, he was probably screwing people out of money. Like Scrooge is a bad dude. Oscar just likes garbage and wants to be left alone. <laughs> like true. he didn't do anything to anyone. He's trolling a little, <laughs> but that's Oscar and he's not hurting yeah. anybody in the process. And they're pranks. They're, they're good natured yeah. pranks. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't care for pranks, but at least he's not being mean about it. He's just like, I got, guys like like yeah if he was like if he was like setting the christmas tree on fire and like yes. <laughs> yeah like like tear like grinching it up you know like maybe do something about stuff that. then yeah that's that's a bad dude but like he's he's literally yeah he's just like he's just like i don't like christmas please let me just eat my trash yeah <laughs> you want me to play along put this shoe on the tree <laughs> no <laughs> So in the middle of the verses of this song, we get these little interstitials of kids and grownups explaining what <laughs> Christmas feels like for them. And some of them are weird, uh, uh -huh. but we get we get some wholesome things like Christmas is finding a present way down in the toe of my stocking. And some sure. guy I don't recognize, who's probably as old here as I am now, very <laughs> sarcastically says on a show for children. Christmas is your next door neighbor trying out his new snowblower while you're trying out your new stereo. Okay, man, take it All down right. a notch. <laughs> yeah. And a boy who appears to be this guy's son compares Christmas to, quote, licking the frosting off a cookie, then putting it back on the plate without anybody seeing you. Whoa. What? COVID, Dude. my man. Yeah. Who screened these? <laughs> That's a horrible thing to do, child. It's not wholesome at all. Leslie Uggams screened them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> She's like, that's what I do all the time. What are you talking about? It's normal. <laughs> and then also in this montage is Henry Fonda. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Legendary actor from the Grapes of Wrath and 12 Angry Men and a bunch more. Henry Fonda. We saw him briefly in the opening credits. He's eating a bowl of ice cream at Hooper's. Here he mm -hmm. steps out. Of the upper door of the carriage house they have in the courtyard there. Uh, he's holding a toy truck he's trying to put together, says... Christmas is still being in my bathrobe at 11 o'clock in the morning, sitting in my easy chair. 
Attach part C to part D, being sure to use three-quarter inch wing nut. What three-quarter inch wing nut? Which, great, a nice day to sure. relax. Yeah. And then he goes on to like reading the directions of putting this toy truck together. Attach part C to part B, being sure in three-four inch wing nut. What three and a four half? Three fourth inch wing nut. I don't know. It felt like he was because and because there was music in the background, it felt like he was doing a really good Leonard Cohen impression. <laughs> like he's just talking over the music. There's no musicality to anything he's doing at all. He's just like, yep, I'm going to talk. Here's what I got to say. Hallelujah. Yeah, they had him for 10 minutes. They're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, for 10 line? seconds. He, and he goes off script talking about the truck. And they're just like, whatever. Cut and print it. <laughs> yeah. We're not redoing that. Like, hey, Henry, it'd be really great if you came in for the finale at the end. He's like, nah, I'm out of here. Nope. <laughs> right, well, bye. I built my truck. What else do you want? From me? <laughs> he had lived the truck. The truck wasn't part of it. He's the like, listen, if you're going to get me, I'm going to make this truck for my grandson. He brought the truck with him. Yeah, he's, he's, he was just trying to build that truck. Yeah. And he's like, we need you on set. He's like, well, I'm going to carry the truck with me then. Yep. Okay. <laughs> And then after this song, Imogene Coca finally says something sensible that she knows it's frustrating for a grouch not to be seen or heard. So start seeing and hearing him, maybe. But no matter. <laughs> I, I'm just glad that uh, she she decided to spend her winters on Sesame Street since she spends her summers at the Coca Cabana. Ah, hey. Uh, and here's where she offers Oscar a present, that raw fish, but he refuses, saying he doesn't like fish. Which is not accurate. J'accuse. <laughs> Fire. How dare you? <laughs> or what if, okay, hold on. What if Oscar, because he loves garbage, uh, actually likes eating things that he hates eating? <laughs> Dude, stay with me here. Whoa. <laughs> so he's like, that's I deep. hate fish. And that's why he's always eating it, because hatred and negativity is what he thrives on. So maybe it's a really clever, uh, you know, opposite day kind of bullshit. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> what are you having for dinner, Oscar? I don't know, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's the worst thing I've ever eaten. And it's great. It's like, wait a minute. It's very confusing, Oscar. Much Ugh. like the uh, much. Oh, what's her name? The, the chick from Garbage. Shirley Manson? Yes, much like <laughs> Shirley Manson, Oscar's only happy in the Uh Well, if he doesn't want it, our ghost of Christmas present is going to give the fish to Tiny Tim the cat. But in response to that, Oscar immediately says, oh, on second thought, I'll take that fish. Because he will not allow <laughs> yeah. that cat to have anything resembling joy. Absolutely not. And then we quickly transition into another guest. Ethel Merman is here. Hi, Leslie. Merry Christmas. Who finds everyone bummed over Oscar and goes as far to tell Imogene Coca she looks like an idiot. Imogene, what's the matter? You look like an idiot. <laughs> I wrote that down. That well, was my favorite thing. <laughs> Imogene, what's the matter? You look scene. like an idiot. <laughs> I love Jesus. Ethel Merman wow. so much. <laughs> she was last seen on this podcast in Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, which is from the year after this. Oh, wow. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Uh, she can't stand to see so many sour faces, and she says to beat a crouch, you have to outlast them, and to drive home that point, she sings a classic Christmas standard, uh, Tomorrow, from Annie. <laughs> of course. The sun'll come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow 
there'll be sun. What is this show? The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> they, 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 it's like they hired the talent and they were like, so what do you want to do? I don't know. Sing tomorrow. All right, great. Cool. Come on in. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with this because it's Ethel Merman singing tomorrow and it rules. But what a weird collection of music for this Christmas special. Yeah, like in a vacuum, this is a fine, um, yeah. uh, you know, song, <laughs> piece, whatever. Right. But in the context of the special, I was like, all right, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Come on. <laughs> it, it goes on forever. Like, yeah. It feels like it's two extra verses of the chorus. <laughs> yeah. Just it just it goes on and on. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Ethel Merman wrote her own verses. Like, I think I really like enhanced the song. So I'm going to try it out on this special. She needs to drive the point home to get everybody in a better mood, like Daddy Warbucks in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> then we immediately cut to commercial again and come back to our next guest, Michael Jackson. Oh, hey, you fella, what's that book you're reading there, huh? Everything you wanted to know about ghosts but were afraid to ask. It's really trash. Oh, well, I happen to like trash. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's favorite from now until or from then until now everyone's favorite <laughs> no controversy at nope, all let's, none at let's all. not even a little bit <laughs> i find nothing wrong with michael jackson being on a show for children <laughs> well it's 1978 michael jackson yeah he's fine as far as i know he's 20 <laughs> years old here it's the year before off the wall and four years before thriller Ah. But he might be getting the inspiration for Thriller on this very set because he's reading a book about ghosts. Ooh, spooky. Uh, Oscar stops him and asks what he's reading. Michael calls the book trash and Oscar offers the trade for the broken portable TV. Michael declines the trade and just <laughs> gives him the book and he leaves. And that's all we see of him. Yep. Bye. It, and honestly, it doesn't even feel like he was part of the plan. It just feels like he happened to be reading a book about ghosts and it just so happened to work <laughs> for them. Like, it doesn't feel like they stopped and said, hey, Michael, take this book and pretend to be reading it. He just happened to really be reading it. He didn't know he was on the special. He just kind of wandered on the set reading his book joke. And uh, and uh, Carol Spinney sitting there. Wait, wait, I have an idea. I'm going to get Michael Jackson into the special. And he didn't think anything twice about it. Did, and, you know, I wonder, though, because... Isn't there isn't the story that uh, he when he did the Simpsons episode, which no longer exists, uh, <laughs> wasn't there a, a thing where he and he would, didn't want to be in the credits? He didn't want any attention. He didn't right. want people to know it was him. He really did not like getting attention. No. So I think there's a, a solid chance that he wanted to do this because he probably loved Sesame Street and was like, I'll do it. But I don't like even even when they introduce him, everyone else smiles, and looks at the camera. He's straightening a garland and they, even, they <laughs> kind of make a joke about it where they're like, yeah, Michael, straighten that garland, straighten that garland, and, Michael. And so I wonder, really, honestly, if he was like, I I'll do it, but I, I don't want to be named. I don't want to sing a song. I don't want any attention. I just want to be here and be part of of the background and be part of Sesame Street. So maybe this was what he wanted. I I don't know. That is very plausible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Simpsons thing is is basically he just loved the show yeah. and wanted to be on it. And but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't want the like the 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 reason for people to watch the episode to be about him. Like yeah. even though they write an episode about him essentially. Um, but that's why he's like, yeah, don't credit me. Use a sound alike for singing. Like yeah. it's, it's bananas. Yeah. But 
That's fine, and that's the extent of Michael Jackson's direct involvement with Sesame Street as a whole. But a few years later, he'd end up saving the show from a big lawsuit. Oh, really? This lawsuit involves the Sesame Street song, Letter B. Letter B, Letter B, Letter B, Letter B. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Oh, parody law! Back there again. it is. <laughs> Here comes that pin. It's a parody of Let It Be performed by a band of actual Muppet Beatles, like the insect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Sesame Street. So this story is from Christopher Surf, a longtime composer for the show. Apparently, the group that owned the Beatles song catalog in the early 1980s, complained Letter B was too similar to their original song to be a legally acceptable parody and filed a lawsuit against the Children's Television Workshop for five and a half million dollars. Who sues Sesame Street? (laughs) (sighs) But then Michael Jackson happened to buy the rights to the Beatles catalog, didn't pursue the lawsuit, and effectively saved Sesame Street five and a half million dollars. Nice. So I guess they've since been more careful about their parodies. Now they just do TV parodies. There it is. But even Oscar thinks the book Michael Jackson was reading is trash. It's a book about uh, what to do if you see a ghost. And the first suggestion is to keep yourself busy. Do something like cleaning, to which Oscar says, they've got to be kidding. <laughs> so I've, I've got to ask, is is this... I'm not the world's foremost ghost hunter guy paranormal expert uh is this a thing like is that what you do with ghosts or is this something made up specifically for this for this show does anyone know (laughs) i didn't look into that i mean i i know little as well but i would guess it's definitely made up for the show okay because i've never heard that no The people who are into that paranormal stuff don't have a problem being bothered by ghosts. They go out looking for them. I want to see a ghost. So, yeah, might not be a very often written about subject of how to get rid of ghosts. I mean, I wouldn't put past the this this group of uh, of merry pranksters to write an entire book about like what to do about ghosts just to once again continue gaslighting their friend Oscar <laughs> and it'd be like you know how to get rid of ghosts uh love christmas and be nice like ah. even, like <laughs> so, so scribbling we, it in we've, we've seen them write a book write an entire <laughs> musical number what uh-huh. where did they find the time to do this do none of them work <laughs> like mr hooper works the rest of them like what do they do they all have a long uh winter break oh okay Fair enough. <laughs> and they're all like, you know, just just snorting rails of cocaine and just staying up all night, just <laughs> planning this whole thing. <laughs> 1978, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right on cue, up the street comes our final, final celebrity spirit. It's the ghost of Christmas future depicted as a one-man band in a space helmet and a cape because that's what they thought we'd all be wearing now. <laughs> and he's played by Dick Smothers. One half of the musical comedy duo, the Smothers Brothers. Uh, Household repairs are dandy, too. It's no use, Oscar. Or try painting. You'll paint that ghost right out of your mind. Come on, Oscar. You know I'm the ghost of Christmas future. I mean, when's the last time you saw an outfit like this, huh? Any Smothers Brothers touch points for me, there are you, because I don't have any. Yeah, I I know the name. I know it was a thing like on the radio. Yeah, (laughs) that, you know, boomers liked, I'm guessing. Um, Yeah, I I, I jotted down two jokes here. Uh, Number one, 
He looks like he's uh, showing up for a pre-Labor Day riot. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, number two is uh, he looks like he's going to falcon punch the Christmas spirit into Oscar. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, he's silver Captain Falcon. He is the one of the palette swaps for Captain Falcon <laughs> from uh, Super Smash Brothers and F-Zero. Wow. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, the Smothers Brothers performed together for over 50 years before retiring in 2010. They are both still alive. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they were alive. Yeah, both still That's alive. Who's going to know? He might be wearing this outfit now. <laughs> now, hold on. When does this episode get released? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying December 12th. <laughs> OK, well, well I'm going to keep an eye on the Smothers <laughs> right. Brothers in the next two months and I'll send Let's you a message see. if you All need right. to. Uh, redact this <laughs> dick smothers do you wear that helmet and cape because it's the future now because to his point to oscar when's the last time you saw an outfit like this and oscar replies the last time i flew over cleveland question mark precisely sure. i don't get that joke but i didn't get i did not land for me at all no he's playing heart the herald <laughs> angel singing his one-man band kit and oscar asks if this is the future why are you still playing that sad music Hark the Herald Angel Sing is not a sad song. It is yeah, a it's, joyful it's like, song. It's like, hey, uh, Jesus is here. Let's celebrate, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> they so wait Oscar, until that would be sad. I guess it so. Does. Uh, he does hate Jesus. <laughs> Notoriously, Oscar hates Jesus. Preach <laughs> uh, head cannon. But, uh, Oscar hates Jesus. <laughs> well... <laughs> he goes around and specifically says happy holidays to everyone. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Dick Smothers point, because there's still a need for people to believe in one another. And for this trick, he explains to Oscar that all of his friends have moved away from Sesame Street. The streets are empty because they couldn't take his grouchiness any longer. And all they left behind was the bell necklace worn by Tiny Tim, the injured cat. And Aww. that's enough to make Oscar feel his feelings. His heart grows three times. Yeah, he may be fine being the only grouch on the street, but I guess he didn't want to be the only anything. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> uh, and as this ghost walks away, Oscar finally starts to miss the cat and admits it wasn't a bad cat, despite breaking into his can. <laughs> and then with the noise of chimes, like you're turning the page of a storybook on cassette, Tiny Tim appears before us. <laughs> and... Oscar offers the cat something to eat, even offers to sign his little cast with Merry Christmas, Tiny. Love, Oscar. And he catches himself. Ooh, did I just say that? I think that's pretty cute. But it was <laughs> I cute. gotta admit, I kind of like was this moment. It was cute. <laughs> uh, but gotcha, Leslie Uggams heard you. And yeah. she burst through the door onto the stoop and starts singing Just One Person. If just one person believes in you. Deep enough and strong enough believes in you. Hard enough and long enough before you knew it, someone else would think if he can do it, I can do it. Making it too. Yeah, they're, this is their gotcha moment. They're like, yeah, we've, we we got you, you idiot. <laughs> you like Christmas now. Ha-ha. One of us. One of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a camera there and a camera there. 
but I'll allow this song because I love this song. It's a favorite of mine. I can't get through it without feeling my feelings. Yeah, I like the song. Uh, it's a favorite of Jim Henson's, probably best recognized now among Muppet fans from his Ugh. own memorial service yeah. when all his friends. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so sad. Well, now I feel really bad for keying in on the whole deep enough, strong enough to believe, hard enough, long enough. Hey, it's a threesome. Oh. <laughs> like, that was all that I took out of it. And so now I feel like uh, a jerk, so. As well you should. <laughs> well, do you know that? I know this song from its source. Do you know where this song is from? I don't know. It's from Snoopy the Musical. What? Oh. Not to be confused with your good man, Charlie Brown. This yeah, one's hold, different. I have, I have like five questions. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a Snoopy musical? Yes. And it's just called Snoopy the Musical. So is this a Broadway show? It's a Broadway. It's an off-Broadway oh show. I think, uh, I think it, uh, Snoopy exclamation point the musical. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. It had a TV special in 1988. Uh, which I like better than the You're a Good Man Charlie Brown TV special. Uh, the TV special starred Cam Clark as the voice of Snoopy. You know him as the voice in Leonardo the Ninja Turtle. Of course, I met him. Yes. Or Liquid Snake, depending on what kind of nerd you are. Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> and Snoopy, Snoopy does the writing he bit. He does the writing bit. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, what's okay. the writing bit? <laughs> A regular Peanuts gag was that Snoopy tries to write the great American novel, and there's a whole song oh, about right. him writing the great American novel, and it's terrible. Aww. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I'm just looking up Snoopy the Musical right now, and uh, apparently there's a, uh, a magazine called Play Beagle. Oh, I missed which that. Which is a play on Playboy? Oh, they cut that out of the TV special. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. No reason. Uh, yeah, it ends with just one person. That's yeah. that's lovely. Yep. Uh, I got cool. to talk about that uh, Snoopy the Musical TV special on another podcast called A Special Presentation, or Alf Will Not Be Seen Tonight, so I'll put that link in the show notes if you want to check it out. <laughs> but Oscar's very happy to see everyone back again and then starts yelling at them. Well, don't just stand around singing. Help this cat up here to me before he freezes. <laughs> they all wish Oscar a Merry Christmas. He reluctantly mumbles it back. Merry Christmas. What was that? What? What? I said. Merry Christmas. What? Well, I can't hear you, Oscar. What? Merry Christmas, everybody. Did you hear that? This cat talks. He just wished everybody a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a fur baby for five whole seconds and he's already got dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I got to say, like, as as somebody who honestly likes animals more than like 90 percent of people, uh, the cat's adorable. Yeah. Good oh, cat. yeah. Uh, it just there's a couple times where I feel like the cat wants to get away <laughs> and they're like, no, you must stay here and be a stage animal. And the cat's like, no, leave me alone. I did wonder when uh, when Oscar like takes a cat into his can, if there was like another performer under there, like holding the cat, you know, like making oh, sure the yeah. cat's OK, because like having the, the, uh, like puppet Oscar arms hold him, maybe scared the cat. Right, because that's. It's like t you have two performers having to do a Muppet's hands because the other yeah. hand is operating the mouth. So it's two different people holding this cat. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a cute. Cat, it's a good cat. Yeah, I even think so. Them. And I'm allergic to every cat. <laughs> but you can you can enjoy them from afar. <laughs> sure. I'll be the first to admit. Uh, 
those dad jokes do happen fast, whether your babies are human or pet. But, <laughs> uh, and that pretty much wraps things up. We get one final medley of actual Christmas songs at the end here with, well, Muppet Wiki cheekily wrote everyone minus Michael Jackson, but that's not true. <laughs> Henry Fond is not here and Murray's yeah. not here. Dick Smothers isn't here. But no, they single out Michael Jackson like he was some ungrateful jerk for <laughs> walking onto this set for a minute. Or it was a legal uh, legal thing. A legal <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. No. Like, Michael Jackson's not there. It's fine. Don't, don't, don't no. sue us. No. Don't, really, don't it's, really, it's just Leslie and Ethel Merman with the cast and the background artist. But it's a nice yeah. wrap up. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, and I learned as the credits rolled, uh, Jim Henson had nothing to do with this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not a not a bit. Not even a little. And I was like, oh, well, that explains some things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on a special Sesame Street Christmas? Uh, I think that there's some interesting stuff. I think it's a fascinating time capsule. Yeah. Uh, especially knowing, you know, again, I watched this blind uh, just because, uh, you know, I... Again, I thought, was, I thought I was watching something else. Um, but <laughs> but uh, afterwards... Wait a minute, that's not, that's not Oscar playing Crack the Whip. What is this? <laughs> Leslie, I'm a... Oh, my these people? rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but afterwards, I did look, you know, look some stuff up because I was very curious. And so uh, it, I do think it's bananas that it was the same year as Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, which yeah. I do remember fondly and love. Um and the fact that, yeah, it feels very, as I mentioned many times, feels very Star Wars holiday special where like it's it's kind of without its like original creator. It's it's got weird variety show aspect to it. Um, and it's almost like a forgotten special as well, you know, like because I again, I didn't know about it until I started watching it. So <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think the Christmas Eve on Sesame Street was the uh, was the right one to win the Emmy. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> It, it's it just you know it 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 feels like a show for adults who have to be taking care of children and they pray to god that looking at muppets for 45 minutes will be enough <laughs> and that's it uh as a as an oh well, i'll be 40 by the time this airs uh but as a 40 year old adult uh i can appreciate the musicality of it and the randomness of some of it if i was a child I would, I would, I would, I would hate this one almost as much as I hate the second frost. <laughs> um, so I, I'm glad I, my, my really clear memories of this is watching this uh, to do this podcast because I can now have a, a nice little place in my heart for it. Whereas before I think I would revile it. <laughs> um, in conclusion, ghosts say, bam, bam. So, <laughs> well, I'm happy to help. Uh, yeah, don't gaslight your friends. That's my, no, that's my please <laughs> concluding don't. remark. Uh, Oscar's the hero. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Oscar's Hashtag the hero. Hashtag Oscar did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, as mentioned, this is available on DVD, but it's kind of rare and pricey at this point, but it's not hard to find floating around the internet, so do that. Uh, and thank you both for plowing through this with me and helping make it a good time. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Sure. Uh, and if people want to trade you a broken portable TV in exchange for a book about ghosts, where can they find you on the Internet, Alan? Uh, well, I co-host a uh, podcast that uh, was uh, The Simpsons 
focused for uh, a long time, and it's now transitioned by the time this airs into a Futurama podcast. So uh, you can find us on the internet at Bad Neighbors Pod. As our podcast is called Two Bad Neighbors, uh, we are keeping that as we move into Futurama. But oh, it's gonna right. be, I don't We haven't decided on the name yet, but it's going to be something like Two Bad Neighbors in the year 3000 or Two Bad Neighbors <laughs> in the 31st century. That's it. Just keep it like that. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, at Bad Neighbors Pod and, or just search Two Bad Neighbors uh, podcast, I guess, because <laughs> otherwise you'll get the Simpsons episode. Yeah. If you're if you're two bad neighbors in the year three thousand, does that mean you're all you're wearing white jumpsuits and white riot helmets? <laughs> Absolutely, like <Dick's> mothers. <laughs> okay, yeah, they they stole their their smothers. Mister Smothers uh, stole our our look. There um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Donnie, <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, Twitter handle is boxcar forty five, and uh, my my band Bronwyn's Ghost has a uh, SoundCloud. Uh, I'm not going to spell out Bron one's ghost. Michael put a link in the, the bio. So just go there. We have uh, some misfits covers up. We might have some more by the time this airs. Uh, we do music. We, uh, we, we wrote the, we wrote a theme song for this podcast. You heard it at the so, top. So, uh, yeah. Thank you again for that. I did not request that. Dude just did it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike, uh, I've been, I've been reading Mike's stuff and I've uh, been enjoying Mike since, probably circa 2003 and uh we we became friends which is very very odd uh it's probably the one time that i've ever enjoyed somebody on the internet and been friends with them and uh had it be a really really good experience so uh as a special thank you to mike my buddy and i decided we were gonna uh, write a a theme song and if mike wanted to use it great and if mike didn't want to use it so be it he would have a nice little present for himself but thankfully he's using it. So <laughs> yes. enjoy it. Uh, and I'll probably, you know what, now that this is airing and it's current, I'll probably put that on the sound. Hey, all right. so, yeah. Well, of course, show notes for all the tangents we went on are at adventcalendar.house. You can follow me on Twitter at fall West Mike and at advent Cal house. Thank you both again. This was phenomenal. Agreed. It was great. Thank you. A good time was had by all. And I forgot to mention, Mike, uh, you look like an idiot. Oh, thank you. well tune in next time when we trade puppets for ragdolls until then for donnie storms and alan johnson from the other side of a rip in the space-time continuum connected via magic eggnog container this is mike westfall saying mind the icy patch good night and now these messages Hey everyone and welcome aboard. My name is Chris Kringle, host of the Kringle Talks Christmas podcast, a fun new podcast all the way from sunny old England. If you like listening to cool Christmas stories, traditions and some old personal favourites, then head on over to Kringle Talks Christmas. The episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts and you can also follow me on Twitter, which is at Christmas Talks, spelt K-R-I-S-T-M-A-S Talks. Welcome once again and I hope to see you soon. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. It's a plot to take over Santa's workshop. Can Raggedy Ann and Andy stop the great Santa Claus caper?